wellness warriors. I am Asada Jones, and this is What Makes Me Well. Every week I sit down with a special guest, and we discuss all the different aspects of their life that make them well. This week I sit down with Sean Welcome and wellness warriors. I just gush almost the whole time, but um, I'm really excited for you to listen to this interview. And this week we do things a little bit differently. Um, uh, so it's going to be kind of a a hard cut to the interview, but um, you'll enjoy it just the same. Uh, Sean Welcome is the host of Dandelion Community Cafe's open mic night called Diverse Word. Um, he's been doing that for 12 years, and that alone, that dedication alone is <laughs> what um, prompted me to have him on the show because I just thought what what it takes to um, – to, to, to make that commitment every single week is, is, is so amazing. And I really just wanted to talk to him about, um, about that. Um, and I was also very happy to learn that he, uh, works at Polis Institute, um, which is a nonprofit organization here in Orlando. Um, and he helps organize community events, which is, freaking fantastic as well and um, when you listen to the interview he'll be able to tell you that tell you all about that um, in a better fashion than I can Um, but uh, I know you'll really enjoy this interview but um, I do want to get into the top of the show so what I did this week to be well is really more of like what I did in the last two weeks to be well Um, and that was take a vacation Um, I don't vacation often I uh, tend to want to be working all the time, even if it's just like once, you know, like a few hours a day or something. Um, So actually taking a vacation, especially with uh, my husband, who works all the time as well, we are um, workaholics, um, was very much, was very needed. And, um, the whole, the whole process of taking a vacation, um, was, was interesting as, as well. It, it, it began, a t- it began to look like we would be able to take two weeks off and then it turned into, you know, four days off. And then the four day turned into a staycation and it was just, it was just all over the place. But the most important thing was that even though opportunities or excuse me, not opportunities, obstacles came up that prompted us to be like, oh, should we should we just put off this vacation until the next, you know, until the top of the year, even though we're both, you know, tr- really stretched out and, and, and um, clearly stressed out. Should we just like put it off? Should we put off our, our self-care basically for um, the obstacles that are being presented to us right away? And um, we both decided that, you know what, we're taking a vacation. We're just going to let the world wait because uh, sometimes, you know, you feel like everything is so pressing and everything needs attention right away. Um, but sometimes you have to really step back and take stock and decide what needs my attention right away and what can wait. And can can this, you know, seemingly, you know, pressing emergency – is this really, can this be tended to a few days from now when right now what I really need to do is just kind of decompress and relax so that way I can, you know, tackle the obstacles in a much better sense. And essentially that's exactly what we did. We took a, we took a few weeks off. It was really great. Um, and I, I'm going to share with you listeners 
a moment of reflection and where I realized how how incredibly stressed out I was and like oh yeah girl you need to take a vacation or you need you need to not you know work or not think about you know your obligations right now because um I was laughing about how a few weeks before um incentives the topic of incentives was broached at one of the um studios that I work at and for some reason where I was I that upset me so much and I just thought you know why are we giving things away for free and just all kinds of you know just immediately combative immediately negative immediately angry um of being asked to just give a little bit more of a little bit more than what you're already giving and um you know I was very passionate and very vocal in the meeting to where other employees were like girl you okay because you seem kind of stressed out and um you know I, I kind of brushed it off but then you know a few weeks later while I was in the meeting or excuse me in my vacation or on vacation I was able to like I looked back at that meeting and I just looked back at, at about my, uh, you know my behavior and and how I immediately went to a negative place of like I'm already you know stretched so thin and I already feel like I'm doing this you're asking me to do more that's not possible and I don't want to do that and immediately going to no instead of being open-hearted about a situation um, and I was just just laughing because I didn't even recognize myself then but um but um, I'm happy to say that I'm in a, I'm in a much better place now, and um, I'm in a in a more relaxed and open-hearted place. So um, I share that with you to say, um, if at all possible, even if you don't go anywhere, even if you're staying, you know, at home, make it a staycation or something like that. Um, but try and take some time off and fill your own cup when you can. Um, no matter what it looks like, even if it looks like you know just a day at at the pool or something like that, or or um, or any sort of small self-care, like, you know, fill your bathtub up and buy a bath bomb and just take a few minutes in a bathtub just to reset um, and take a little mini vacation there because, um, you know, I understand that weeks off isn't an option for everybody. Um, but when I returned, I happily... Um, went to the six-year anniversary of yoga in Lake Yola, um, and that was really lovely. And I want to thank Amanda Ray for hosting it and, um, as always, hosting such a wonderful, wonderful um, yoga practice and just having, like, wonderful energy when she does. So thanks, Amanda. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to get right into the interview with, with Sean Welcome. And, um, like I said at the top of the show, I know you guys are going to really enjoy, enjoy our conversation. We get into, we get into a little bit of everything. So, um, uh, enjoy, enjoy the interview. Get into it, Wellness Warriors. So, Wellness Warriors, I have Sean Welcome here in the studio today. And Mr. Welcome is... A, I don't want to say a jack of all trades, but he does so much for our community. Um, and uh, I ran across him or I discovered, I don't want to say discovered because that sounds so pompous, but I, I discovered who you are through Diverse Word, which is the open mic that happens at Dandelion yes. uh, Community Cafe every Tuesday night. Um, so thank you for coming in. I a really pleasure. appreciate it. Thanks for having you. me. Inside of Jones. <laughs> yes. I like that. Looking I like that. To it. 
it's um, um, really, I feel like it's really important um, for people to hear from you, I think, because you are such a prolific member in our community. And I know so many people know you. Um, I didn't know how many, like, it's the world is so small. So this is really awesome to mm. know, like, um, that you are so well known. And I know, I know that my sister-in-law as well knows you. Um, Anna McCambridge, Anna Thomas. Is. I, um, she's one of one people that you, a person that you probably have met in and out over the years through Diverse Word. Okay. Um, so I think that's really cool because when I told her that you were on the show, she was like, "Oh, I know him." Yeah. And I was like, "That's freaking awesome!" It's just yeah. really cool. Um, so this show is about wellness, and I wanted to have you on the show because. The fact that you are able to commit yourself to doing an open mic once a week for the last 12 years, is that correct? Yes. Um, that on its own, I thought, was such a um, a gift to the community and required so much um, dedication and so much time. And I thought just to dedicate, you know, what, four hours a week or maybe more. This is the four hours that like we well, see I'm you. There, yeah, I'm there. Um, it's 7.30 to 10, but I get there usually maybe an hour or so before just to yeah. set up and, and whatnot. So really, it's it's kind of like, you know, maybe three hours three, uh, a week. Well, three but. hours every week to, to, to host the show um, and, and uh, to give people an amazing space to just kind of like let go. And it's a very lethargic um, experience being up there, I'm sure. Um, But for you to be able to do that and set that up in the community is such a big feat. And I immediately thought, I I thought he does this and it offers so many people an outlet. I wonder what fills his cup. So that's why you're here. I want to know what makes you well. And I know that uh, doing diverse word is not the only thing you do. You are also a member of a nonprofit organization. Is that correct? Or Mm -hmm. Polis Institute. Polis Institute. Mm -hmm. And I definitely want you to talk about that and educate the listeners, um, everything that you do there, because that is another task that is so big, um, which brings me right back to square one. What makes you well? What is your recipe for wellness? Yeah, so I, I don't think it's one particular thing. I mean, I feel like it's a combination of different aspects of uh, my life. So, yeah. um I, I know. Pick one. Let's dig in. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm definitely a um, a man of faith. Yes. Um, a Christ follower and that's kind of like where I'm rooted yeah. per se. I mean, on the surface, it kind of plays out in, in, in different um, sort of areas of my life. But um, I would say definitely, you know, just prayer and kind of kind of coming back to the roots or basis of like why we were created and um, how that plays into my like practical life day to day, um, reflecting on that is, has been, has been helpful, yeah. um, to me just kind of just navigating in, in the poetry space in the, um, nonprofit space where I work, uh, it's just been really helpful. I know there's a book that, um, our, my boss, uh, Phil Hissom, he founded the Polis Institute. He had our staff read called, uh, well-being, and uh, one of the things that we try to do as a nonprofit is to improve the overall well-being of Orlando. So his uh, sort of take on that is like, what are we doing internally to take care of ourselves? Yes. And that kind of stemmed out of being burnt out doing, you know, like community work. 
And so um, there was five. I'm not going to mess this up. I actually brought the book with me, so I'll forget them. But um, there's five sort of key elements to well-being, which is um, like your physical well-being, um, your career, um, your social uh, well-being, your um, uh, community. Um, social is more like relationships yeah. with each other and communities broader. It's yeah. a distinction between those two. And then your um, financial uh, well-being. Yeah. So those, all five of those, um, we kind of took like a little assessment test on, on like what was the weakest of those and ways we can improve on one of those elements. To, I love that. You know, and so it was just kind of a little assessment, but um, just helpful um, to really focus on taking care of yourself so that you can be a benefit to others. That's really good. Um, I'll put the link to that book on the show notes so that way our listeners can um, take take advantage of that because I think that that's really cool. Um, so you you there is that test and and sticking into the the topic of your spirituality how did how did that come into play have you always been is that just were you just raised in in the faith in the church or was there a time of your life where your spiritual health uh your 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 faith right. wasn't well and then you know how did how did getting in how did your um your journey into your spiritual right, health. Right. What so, did that look so, like? So um, when I was about eight years old, yeah. um, my aunt, I, I moved uh, from Brooklyn to Jacksonville, Florida, where my aunt was living at the time. My mom was looking for a house in Orlando. And yeah. so I ended up uh, kind of in this in-between space. And um, my aunt was the one who kind of um, introduced me to uh, like the gospels, real, you know, yeah. traditional Southern kind of um, uh, thing. But uh, at the time, um, it was just a good... I guess, I guess place for me to, to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then I really just kind of been like God conscious. Like, yeah, I always ask those questions like, um, you know, silly stuff like where's dinosaurs in the Bible? You know, like just my mind. Right. Always, just, I just had all these questions and right. I, um, like a few years prior to that, this is, I wouldn't plan on saying this, but in, <laughs> in like, I think it was like first grade, I had this classmate, uh, she was like, you know, you're going to die, right? And I was like, what? I was six years old. You're like, tally, like, you've never what? questioned that. I'd yet. never. Yeah, that, it wasn't even like a thought. And and uh, and I remember like crying. <laughs> it was like ugly face cry. And uh, I don't know. It was just one of those things where I began to kind of think beyond like the physical realm. Yeah. And kind of question like man like I say, and my, my son's five years old now he's kind of having those thoughts yeah. too now so anyways long story short um what what she kind of presented to me in, in the culture and the context that I was in made a lot of sense um and I mean it was still like a growing process as I grew up into my teen years um I was I was just very like conscious of the fact that I did not create myself. I mm. could like my mom and dad aren't smart enough to design my eyeball. You right. know, like and and the functions of how we are in the world. And so anyways, that like that was always sort of like a recurring theme that I continued to try to make sense of um as I just got older and um and it just kind of strengthened, I think, 
over time in a natural space. I mean, there was still elements of like racism I was dealing with moving down to, to eat, like east side of Orlando. I mean, yeah. Uh, I was one of five black kids in my elementary school kind of navigating that. There was uh, just other things of kind of like finding my my place mm-hmm. um, and, and trying to find um, st- strength in navigating those social spaces um, that I didn't find immediate answers for and what I was being taught, right? So, right. so there was like this um, sort of uh, bouncing back and forth of trying to make sense of what I was learning with the like how it played out in my actual life, yes. and I think that just the combination of that just matured over time. And um, and I've after I got married in in two thousand and eight, um, and I kind of partnered up with somebody yeah. else who kind of had you know some similar experiences i think at that point it really got rooted and now i like have a family yeah and and um having just accountability and and somebody to kind of bounce those ideas off of yeah um really helped um in my sort of poetry journey my my community work journey yeah so, so does that give you comfort knowing that that there is something out there or, you know, that there is God greater than you and that there, you know, what we're doing um, or what we're experiencing right here, right now, that there is like a grand plan. Does that give you comfort or like when you were first kind of um, delving into that maturing, did that make you feel uneasy? What what did that look like? So it doesn't only like give me comfort. It's what, it's what I actually believe. Right. So, so it's not, um, sort of something I'm, I'm, I'm pulling off the shelf to to fill some need. Yeah. It's, it's like, I actually believe this. And that gets tested and challenged. Um, and it, it has, um, particularly like after I got married, you know, we were uh, a few months into it. We were homeless for seven months. Mm-hmm. And um, my wife had two kids before we got married. So just wanting to provide for them. And, yeah. and um, you know, there were struggles there. There was... Um, you know, we we had a situation where you know our, our oldest uh, um, daughter got pregnant early, similar mm-hmm. to to my wife. Yeah. You know, and and so dealing with the tensions um, that that sort of introduced into our union, right? Um, was I mean that was probably the yeah just the craziest time. Um, and, and just nav- navigating the complexity of those situations, yeah. just like a lot of tears, a lot of leaning in each other and questioning stuff, you know, but like having that foundation was, was very helpful because like, if you don't go through anything, then there's no, there's no test of your, of your faith or what yeah, you yeah, actually, yeah. um, you know, believe, you know, there's times where my car would break down and stuff like that i'm like you know what it just means another one's coming you know it's like and you know so i I mean i can give you a few stories i'm conscious of the like i was i actually want to pause and ask what did that like so when you were going through that you know that rough time within your marriage and you know with with your daughter um what did that look like in your um in your life, because I don't want you to speak for your wife or anything. Like, what did that look like for you? How did you tend to Sean so that way Sean could still be able to be an active husband and father, still be you know present mm-hmm. and willing to work through it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and and still be a supportive father and 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 have 
you know, harmony. Yeah. What, what did, what did that look like? Did right. you so, lean uh, into prayer? Um, Do you, there was, there was a lot of that, but, but I think, you know, for, I mean, not everyone's like a spiritual person or whatever. I think more practically, um, how that played out was just a lot of conversations with, yeah. with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, um, cutting communications mm-hmm. with things that weren't uh, healthy for us at that time, you know, yeah, which that's, a, that's would appear, something to recognize. Um, which could be offensive, you know, uh, when, when you're, when you're trying to heal and that sort of thing. Um, there's a lot of, um, really being, um, cognizant of the relationships that, that you have and, uh, a lot of discerning who can, who's around me to let me vent. Yes. Who's, who's, where's, where's my safe five or whatever, you know, Who's really um, in your corner to support you. Right. And so, yes. so there was um, just a lot of discernment with that. And if like, we weren't sure, then we just kind of kept to ourselves. So I think what helped in, in those spaces was really leaning in on each you know, each other. Yeah. Um, and not everyone has that luxury, you know, right. either. So, um, but for me, it would, that was something that was, um, really helpful. And, uh, it's the same. I mean, it, the challenges kind of played out, um, differently, but the, but the solution tended to, there, there was a recurring theme of, of just constant communication with each other yeah. and, um, and not being, like egotistical, like knowing that you can learn still and and grow still. And there's areas of my life where, um, I, I can still grow to the point where if someone's going through something, you have a, a little bit of insight to offer and help encourage somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I love that's, that's great. That makes complete sense. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I know sometimes I can get um, a little bit intrusive, but thanks for no for being be as so intrusive yeah. <laughs> as you like. Um, okay, so talk to me about um, how your well being the leader of Diverse Word. How has that informed what you do in the community for um, Polis? Yeah, so. Um, that's a good question. Um, I, at the time that I started Diverse Word um, at Dandelion Community Cafe, um, I wasn't every <laughs> since 2006. Uh, I wasn't thinking about the skills that I would pick up along the way that would translate to my work in the future. Were you thinking that that would was going to help the community or were you thinking that like I want to put this um you know this open mic night on because like it fills my cup, you know, or were you thinking So like, there was a couple of things. Um I personally wasn't satisfied with the the open mic offerings that Orlando had at that time. Oh, talk to me about that. It just it wasn't um it seemed homogenous. Okay. It seemed like um there was the same kind of content and mm-hmm. the same kind of people yeah. depending on the venue. And there wasn't much room for um, multiple expressions and multiple opinions and multiple. Yeah. It is, it, and so, so I kind of developed an ideal for what would be like an ideal open mic for, for, for me and yeah. something that I could uh, offer. Cause I, I would go to different open mics 
just to kind of get my my fixes, you know, to hear different voices and that kind of thing. I will be and honest I, and say that I did not go to any open mics because I just thought it was just a bunch of like, like, you know, like people that would, I don't know. I just didn't think it was going to speak to me as a black person, as mm-hmm. a Hispanic woman. I didn't think that I was going to see any diversity. I, right. did, I didn't think that I was going to um, hear anything that spoke to me. Right. And the legitimately the only reason I go to Diverse Word, and I've told you this before, <laughs> I have nothing to contribute. I just go because I, you know, I, I like to see somebody that looks like me just letting it all out there. And right. I may not know exactly what this person is going through, but I can relate on some level. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, and it, yeah, and there's just, I mean, it's just, it's just nice. I mean, there was one one gentleman a couple weeks ago that like was just it was like a love letter to this uh, this beautiful black woman with brown skin, and I was like, I don't know who he's <laughs> who this is to, but I'm in love with her, and she's this gorgeous woman. But I have never, but like to hear, and this is it might be something that is so minuscule and and minimum um, small. That's the word I'm looking mm. for. But to hear somebody. Um, um, ha- in in like an open in an open forum, no. um, be able to freely speak about a, a, a black person or a black woman and say like, oh, the color of your skin is so beautiful without having to be like, you know, um, R and B night or Hispanic night right, or like, right, you know, right, it's right. not a theme night. Right, right. With diverse word, it just is, you right. know. And in that same space, you can have a white woman talk about, you know, whatever it is that she wants to talk about, and it's okay. Like it's right. it's beautiful. So, so so that didn't exist at the time that I started diverse word. Right. Thank you. And so, this so, is why you're. This is why you're needed. This is uh, yeah. This is awesome. I mean, and, and not as much. I, I mean, that that may have like played out, but it wasn't. It wasn't evident. Um, you um, didn't to, experience to, to, that to, to me, right. right? And so, um, so it was that in in conjunction with also going to National Poetry Slam that same year mm. and competing and hearing poets from all over the country compete. And so I'm hearing folks from Chicago and L.A. and New Orleans and Vancouver and Hawaii and all like all over, literally all over um, in the same space. This was in Austin, Texas, 2006. And so when I came back from that competition, kind of being somewhat um, feeling like open mics didn't like sort of reach my like personal standard, Mm -hmm. like of having everything in this in the same space and kind of being energized from that competition. Yeah. Um, I really started to pursue starting my um, own open mic. And I had a, a, a group of friends, poet friends. We created a troupe called Diverse Elements. Um, and so we were, I mean, that was just, we were feeding off of each other and coming up with new ideas and bouncing poems off of each other. And so I had their support as well, um, you know, and and we actually ended up with two open mics. I started Diverse Word and then um, a couple months, a few months later, um, uh, Speak No Evil was at Mark's Caribbean Cuisine. And, um, you know, we were just kind of supporting each other that way and, and kind of expanding yeah. what, you know, the, like the range of, of like what open mics could be. Because in the east side, around uh, UCF area, there wasn't, you know, to your, to your point, a lot of like, black expression per se like on like on the on the east side mm-hmm. in the, in terms of like open mics yeah uh scene and so the caribbean restaurant was like you know perfect um um for that and um 
and then Diverse Word was kind of, I don't know if anybody had been to Dandelion, but it's a vegan vegetarian restaurant yeah. that is like full of art and um, and just health conscious food and um, just, uh, yeah, and it's outside. So when the weather's nice, it's just great. People come outside and um, and I, I loved I loved that, you know, so it for me, like it, I felt like we were kind of like creating kind of stretching the, the, the boundaries that it was kind of like previously in. And um, um, speak no evil is no longer um, happening, but like I like diverse word yeah. is uh, we're, we're still out there and, and I still connect, you know, with my buddies and we did community stuff together. We went to um, uh, started a poetry class at 33rd Street Jail and Love we're uh, the same year. So we were going to uh, the uh, youth offenders. We did a, a play previously. Uh, me and Blue Bailey had did a play. It ended up in the papers. The guy that was leading programs at the jail saw it, called us in, and then we we're like, "Oh, we're gonna do some poetry, whatever." And just ha- happened to end up going back and developing a twelve-week curriculum, yeah, uh, where the inmates, the youth offenders, got to perform for their parents at the end of a twelve-week wow. course. So they were coming in not because they were in trouble, but because like I'm writing. Yeah. And I'm expressing some of the things I'm going through. And uh, we gave them like certificates. Yeah. And it was just a, you could see the kids like swell with pride. And some of those kids um, today um, have since gotten out and we've connected with them. That so is fantastic. Super cool stuff. Um, Listeners, so. I wish you could see how Sean's face just like lights <laughs> up when he talked, when he's like talking. Shout about out to Marquise McKenzie. There you go. And, and senior, because he got kids now. He named juniors. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Um, yeah, I love that you were so passionate about filling or, you know, servicing the community and, and doing these projects because I know on, on, in that same right, it fills your cup and it allows you to like keep going. What, what, um, what do you call on when on those days where you can't where not where you can't where it's just hard for you to keep going what is it that like keeps you motivated on those Tuesdays where you're just like oh really I, <laughs> well, I don't really... know if I, I don't know if I am I think I think I'm just kind of that, a social a never... uh, yeah well no I, I don't know if I'm I'm um motivated in those in those times is what I'm, oh, I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay. Like I just, I think it's more, I'm more of a creature of habit at this point. Okay. Um, but when I get there, if I do feel that way, where I'm like, oh, I'm tired, and there, there's been those days where I'm like, oh, Danny lines tonight. All right, let me get my stuff in the in the truck yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I get there, and people start to kind of creep up, you know, and start to get their food and sit down and move chairs and, um ask me if I need help setting up and like though that's like I start to get the the bug again I'm like yes like I'm reminded that um what I'm doing is not in vain you know I've heard multiple people on the mic say uh, this is a uh this is a cheap form of therapy you know for me um multiple people have, yes. have expressed that and um I was reminded of this um, documentary I was watching recently, um, Evolution of Hip Hop or Hip Hop Evolution. Okay, yeah. So season two just came out, but uh, on the first, in the first season, there was a um, someone made a statement that what was, um, what was um, significant. I don't know if that's the right word, but sort of like a a, a key piece that people tend to overlook in regards to hip hop, um, the 
forget what 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 rappers were saying the fact that a insignificant seemingly insignificant uh black a voice was amplified right alone like like stop let's stop there the fact that it was just amplified was a new experience and like what does that do for someone's confidence and their own self uh, sense of self-worth yes um is like it's it's mind-blowing for someone who's been through maybe uh, poverty or a you know, fatherless situation, yes. motherless situation, um, you know, where there's lack. Mm-hmm. What does it do for someone to have their voice amplified? So I think about that when when we have um, diverse word and people are writing poems in the corner of their room or at a coffee shop or whatever, and their voice is now amplified. Mm-hmm. Forget what they're saying. The fact that strangers... Uh, are are listening to them intently like we don't know their context right what if no one's ever listened to this person before and now they're in this open mic setting where their voice is amplified like that and it like we could stop there and and assess the the um the effects that that has on yeah. on, on oneself yeah the power of being seen so, and the power of being heard yeah. is is immeasurable yeah and that translates even to what i do with the polis institute i know we hadn't gotten no into that's, that yet. it's a perfect segue um, so but but i mean part of what we do is amplify the voice of the community yeah um um polis um so just to kind of back up a little bit yeah so for our listeners um I want you to say the same exact analogy that you said because the gears and the, that was like perfect. I was like, he needs to say that word for word because if I describe it, I'm going to ruin it and it's going to be a mess. So describe to our wellness warriors, our listeners, what exactly Polis is and so, how important it is for this community. All right, so Polis is a, a non, Polis Institute, P-O-L-I-S, um, like the North Polis Code. It's the way to pronounce it if you see it written. It's the Greek word for city. Um, and, um, that's exactly what we focus on is like strengthening cities. Um, there's a number of ways that that plays out, uh, depending on the gap or need in any particular community, uh, community. So most of our work is place-based, meaning we focus on a geographic region and asset-based, meaning we focus on the assets in the community to help, um, strengthen it in whatever ways that works. So if you think of any kind of community revitalization, community building type of work, there's usually multiple gears or partners and, and faces, uh, in that space. So there's residents, like people that actually live there. There's investors, um, that want to, you know, contribute to this community developing or what have you. Um, there's nonprofit entities that have an interest uh, and we internally, we call those stakeholders, like people that have a stake in wanting to see this community develop and be beautiful and and kind of address the social needs in that particular area. So the Polis Institute, um, if you think about those entities as gears on a clock, uh, we're kind of like the oil, right? We we help those gears run smoothly together. Usually there's a relationship gap between residents and some bank or whoever wants to you know invest in the community and so we uh engage residents we do surveys we um we uh, we gather some kind of information and build relationships to then be able to um kind of uh be that in-between person where those relationships aren't naturally sort of 
form. Yeah. Um, and, and so um, we help based out of what we hear from the community, help design solutions to address those um, needs. So sometimes our work looks like consulting work. Um, sometimes it's getting other uh, um people that are doing community work together in the same room and, and talking about how the work is going. That's a, something we call a, a co-op, a monthly co-op mm-hmm. Metro Orlando. I'm going to mess it up. We'll I put say. it in the show notes. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll let you know. Uh, guys. And, and what I do specifically under the umbrella of Polis is I coordinate a, um, a neighborhood and family engagement program called Westlake's MVP families. Yeah. So basically during the school year, I plan fun events um, as a way to create the space for parents and children to connect and to get neighbors to know each other. So I do like team building stuff. We have monthly dinners at Frontline Outreach Community Center where there's age appropriate activities for kids. Um, we do uh, we have uh, parents kind of set goals you yeah. know, for them for themselves and um, try to connect them to um, different people and resources to help meet their goals. Because our, our overarching theory and model is that if residents meet their goals or if people meet their goals, the stressors in the neighborhood goes down yes. and the overall well-being of Orlando goes up. Yes. And so that's that's what we work towards in all of our different projects in Westlakes, in Eatonville, in um, East Winter Garden. Um, like I said, it looks different, like what yeah. we do in each area, but we just try to fill the the space where there's like a, a need to yeah. be able to uh, think critically about what it would take to get this community thriving. I love that. And I think what I love about each aspect that you do with Diverse Word and with Polis is that in each aspect, you are a light bringer. You're bringing light into the community and you're allowing people to um, uh, just de-stress and be themselves and have fun, which at the end of the day contributes to everybody's well-being. Yeah. And you ascend, you you allow people to fill their cup, you yeah. know? That's, that's so beautiful. What do you do to fill your cup? How do you relax? What does relaxation look like? To, <laughs> what does rest look like for Sean Welcome? Um, sleep. Sleep. Sleep oh, is good. Isn't it just the best? Sleep, everyone. It, it, it's great. Do you um, do yoga? Do you meditate? Do you do any sort of like physical body? I don't know um, I do why a, I felt the need I do to stretch my bit, No, I do a little bit of meditation. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, just kind of, and what that looks like for me is just kind of at the end of a day, um, you know, the kids are asleep, my wife is asleep, you know, whatever. And I'm just kind of out in the living room, just like laying on the floor and yeah. just breathing you know yeah um sometimes uh, i know on on you version it's uh you version is like a bible app sometimes i'll just play the audio uh-huh. on on certain scriptures and just kind of let that kind of flow through my brain resonate and yeah kinda, uh, i love that collaborate you know re what's the word re when you kind of hit the restart button refresh yeah refresh but is regenerate no nope. rejuvenate no nope. Recalibrate. Recalibrate. You recalibrate. Yeah, that's what it was. And I'm supposed to be a wordsmith. Shame on me, y'all. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's some of that. There's. Um, so what's this app again? U version. U V E R S I O N. Y O U V E R S I O N. Got it. Okay. U version. We're gonna um, put that on the show app. notes too. But um, but yeah, it's you know stuff like that. Awesome. Um, I work out a little bit. I try to. I'm not as avid as my wife is. She's like really on this kick right now yeah kind of, we used to have a treadmill it broke but sometimes i get on the treadmill um 
sit down, you know, have a little wine sometimes. You just, just kind of, yeah. I I mean, I, I, uh, it doesn't look like it on the surface. I usually when people see me, I'm in like high functioning mode. Right. Right. And so, uh, it leaves the imagining the imagination to like, Oh, like I'm like that all the time. Well, no, that's impossible. Right. Yeah. That's when I'm in front of a lot of people. And so right. most people see me. So right, but we I, don't, do, I do relax. Yeah. And, good. And, well, we don't know that that's why you're on the show. Right. Because yeah. I, I want to know what it looks like when no, not when nobody's looking. Cause that's a creepy thing to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're going to edit that one out. Yeah. Um, but my wife, yeah. My wife how too. do you I gotta, I gotta decompress? Give her, um, yeah. Lots of shout out. I mean, Love is great. Like, I have love in my life. Good. You know? Love and is such a beautiful thing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. That's good. Good. It is. And we should not be ashamed of sex and, like, no. making love. That is a de-stressor. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There Especially, is a reason yeah. why you want to start the morning with an <laughs> orgasm. Like, yeah. Anyhow. So, I'm not, you know, to, to go too off rail. But, like, yeah, seriously, good. I mean, you know, having having someone who has your back and, that you can, you know, go out on dates with and and eat together and just yeah, um, yeah, to to build with, um, it's it's great. So that's great. So, um, in the beginning of um this conversation, you started talking about um what it's all about, and I thought that was really interesting because that's typically how I end um our interviews. So, what do you think this is? All for why do you think we are on a um, a track of well being? What do you think it's all about? Wellness for what? Um, I just want to help understand the question. So you're you're asking why be why well? Be well? Yeah, right. why be well? Why be well? Like what um, is the point of all? Yeah, of this? I think I think that um, the more well you are, um, the more you have to offer to others. I don't think we're here. Um, to kind of be our own thing Mm -hmm. you know like i forget i know there's some quote out there uh that talks about um like you as an individual uh sort of like exists like for for other people you know there's only so much self filling that you can that you can do like i think the the bread and butter of our existence is to is to to be well um so that we can really lean on each other um and 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 bless each other there's an analogy that's coming to my mind now and it's another one I'll probably start using for a polis you know in our in our work we um we don't steer community work we think of ourselves as rowing and um when you row versus steering you're working with with other people to go somewhere, yeah. And it's more um, effective. It's slower, you know. Um, I, I know I, I'm an avid driver. Like I don't let people let me drive. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. But I think when we're able to connect with other people and uh, try to get on the same page with other people, and it's difficult and it's hard and it's messy, but and it's slow. But when we can do that. I feel like we maximize like our time here yeah. and um, that comes from a place of taking care of yourself. And I love what you're doing and even having this conversation Thank on you. well-being and, uh, you know, our mental health, our physical health, just yeah. our social health. Um, I think there should be more conversations uh, like that uh, to get people at least thinking about how am I taking care of myself? Yeah, that's so. that's. Exactly. And I hope people listen to this conversation and, and go, okay, well, 
all right, well, how am I taking care of myself? You know, it may not look because it it doesn't. We we all live different lives and our wellness routine doesn't look the same, but we can all learn from each other. You know, Um, I'm going to put that version app on the show notes so our listeners can take a look at that and also the well-being book. Um, Thank you so much for coming in. I truly appreciate you. I appreciate Um, you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I wanted to to um, to say one of the things you had mentioned in um, the interview um, that you had sent me that um, you were saying that you are a, a man of, of faith and that you don't feel like with your poetry and everything, you don't have to quote scripture in every word <laughs> right. to note so that it can be a, a poem of faith based right, or anything right, like right. that. Yeah. And I, I, that was so awesome. Just the fact that you said that and, but also your, your vibe and your light is just that like you don't come you're not like you know pushing the bible or anything like that or pushing your faith but i know just by your energy and how you present yourself it is very um an honorable faith-based type of of life that you live which i think is wonderful and beautiful and you really i feel you put your money where your mouth is you don't just say you want to help the community and you don't just say that you want to like oh, you know, I, I want to be a, a positive member in the community. You're actually out here doing it. You've been doing it for 12 years, you know, and <laughs> in, in, in even just something as, you know, I don't want to say small because it's a big thing, but even something like hosting an open mic night, it is, it's therapy for people who 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 can't afford a therapist because that's $140 an hour. That ain't that ain't cheap. Um, it's really I'll charge hard. the city later. I mean, <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So, so thank Mayor you Mayor Dyer, so if you're much. listening, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah, no, be cool, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you so much i appreciate you coming in and um yeah you, you got some place to be so thank you so much all right i appreciate have it have a good one Sada jones everybody let's show thank some you. love even um, though they can't hear you clap i'm <laughs> so a host at where can nature, people so. find you where can people find you dandelion community cafe every tuesday night 613 thornton avenue 32803 that's orlando florida of course online uh, social media um i'm not as active on social media but you can find me there, um, Sean.welcome on Instagram. Sean is spelled S-H-A-W-N dot W-E-L-C-O-M-E. Can't promise I'll follow you back, but, you know, things happen. <laughs> there is Diverse uh, Word on, in, on Instagram as well, right? Yeah, Diverse yeah. Word at, on Instagram, D-I-V-E-R-S-E-W-O-R-D um, on Instagram. And, um, yeah, it's a free, fun event. And the Orlando community makes it beautiful. I, I yes. look, I honestly look at myself as more of a f- facilitator of that, of that night. And, um, the beauty just kind of arises uh, out of it. I don't know if y'all know Preacher Lawson. I do not, but yeah, he's a comedian that made it and he's traveling all over, but he was at Danny line for like five years doing That's jokes. Wonderful. Yeah. And so he took off. And so shout out to all your success, Preacher, if you're listening. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening, Wellness Warriors. That is our interview for the week. I appreciate you so much for listening. You can find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, at What Makes Me Well. And you can email me at whatmakesmewell at gmail.com with your Wellness Warriors of the Week. And if you want to um, let me know what you did this week to be well um, and share your wellness journey, um, shout me out. Let me know. Hashtag what makes me well on Instagram and social media. Until then, thank you. Until our next time, thank you so much for listening, Wellness Warriors. Be love, be light, be well. <laughs>